1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that
0: pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets. But the point is, I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
2: Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings. Much more.
3: Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where the Lakers are fun again. It's like magic's in the air all of a sudden. You know what they say, though. You can't teach an old dog new tricks, but you can teach Genie Buss an old magic one. <laughs> <laughs> and by old magic trick, I literally mean magic. But it's not a trick. It's real. He's back, which means Showtime is back. Isn't that right, Tommy? That is right.
4: Wow, that was very impressive. <laughs>
3: Thank you. So today it was announced that the Lakers have officially brought Magic Johnson back on to be an advisor to ownership on all matters of business and basketball. We don't really know what that means yet, but we're going to try and dive into it in just a little bit and give you guys our initial reactions. Before we get to that, though, Tommy, how are you doing? And who do you have winning the Super Bowl this weekend? And who do you want to win the Super Bowl? I guess
4: I have the Patriots winning the Super Bowl uh i don't know who i want i mean i think i feel like everybody everybody wants the falcons to win because they're the underdog but that almost makes the patriots the underdog in a way i I guess the patriots are like so good and they've been so good for so long that it's so easy to hate on them yeah um which i totally get uh but i just think that I don't know. I like the way the Patriots they play the game. I know they they've had like some issues or whatever. Like they've been accused of cheating and stuff, and I get all that. But they they generally play the game the right way. Um, they're not going out signing like top free agents every year. They're building within you know the draft and through trade like smart trades and smart management. And they play a really interesting way. And Bill Belichick's like the best coach of all time. Tom Brady's the best yeah. quarterback of all time. So I respect the Patriots, and I, I think I'm gonna root for them.
3: Ah, interesting, even though they're from New England and have that Boston connection. but that's right. No, no, for sure. I think we should respect them for all the things that you mentioned, not having Gronk this year, all that stuff. But it would be quite interesting if the Falcons somehow won. I don't know what the, that would look like or what their reaction would be, but it would be interesting. Before we get started, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us, because the more you rate and review us, that's how many times less we'll have to hear Magic use the words, winning and showtime over the next few years because you know those are the only three words he'll be using in all of his upcoming interviews. I can't wait to hear all three words used in succession. Oh, also, if you want to help Magic out with his vocabulary, then definitely go get a thesaurus from Audible.com, our sponsor for tonight. (laughs) So if you go to audibletrial.com, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial and get your first audiobook download for free. So go ahead and do that for all of our sakes. Uh, Speaking of reviews... You know, usually we have Alan read it as some random Laker, or we have you read it with your great impressions and all. But tonight, I'm going to read it, and it's actually going to be a bad review. It's going to be a one-star review, if you can believe it or not. But I just thought it was pretty interesting. So, this one is from Mrs. Lisa Don't Know. And the title is Lame Asians. One-star review. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Lame Asians. Here we go. You know sports. You don't understand hip-hop culture. Just stop. It's corny AF. You use lit wrong every time. Your podcast is not lit. (laughs) (laughs) So I just have one thing to say. Tommy, how dare you appropriate hip-hop culture and misunderstand it? What do you have to say for yourself, man?
4: Stop listening to the podcast because I'm going to keep saying lit. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) First of all, Miss Lisa don't know. We are not all Asian. In fact, it's debatable whether any of us really are Asian. (laughs) First of all, Tommy, what are you? Persian. Tommy's Persian. Alan is half Japanese, half Caucasian. I'm Filipino, and that's debatable whether Filipinos are even Asian. So it's just funny that this person puts lame Asians in the title. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, but he or she actually gives us a backhanded compliment at the start by saying, you guys know sports, but you don't understand hip-hop culture. This is not a hip-hop culture (laughs) podcast, by the way. Sorry if that
4: wasn't clear to anybody
3: listening. I do like the fact, though, that, you know, this person mentioned that we do know sports. So thank you for listening to our podcast enough times to know how many times we use the word lit wrong. And I just want to point out that Corny AF is my middle name. This is what this podcast is all about. And I don't know if anybody's noticed, but we ironically use lit. Like, we know we're not using it correctly. And Actually, I, I searched Urban Dictionary. There are two different meanings for it, right? There's the one where you're smoking some stuff and you're getting lit. But lit also means turned up. So I don't know how we're not using that correctly, right? So, Miss Lisa Don't Know, stop listening to the podcast. Stop rating us with one stars. We're not even lame Asians. Get out of here. That's all I got to say. All <laughs> right. With that said, please rate and interview us with five stars and give us, give us better material than this and at least be a... Uh, Actually, I thought this was pretty funny. But if you're gonna insult us, be funny. So that's all I have to say. But yeah, we we, we don't know our hip hop culture. Um, some quick hits before we get to the, obviously the biggest news of the night: Magic Johnson returning to the Los Angeles Lakers in a front office capacity. Uh, Swaggy P got invited to the three point contest. That's crazy. Pretty surprising, right? Usually, surprising, uh, yeah. especially for someone like Swaggy P, who you know usually gets crapped on by the media. Obviously, he had the stats to back it up, but it was always a question whether, you know, the Lakers are not a good team. Everybody likes to make fun of Swaggy P. So the fact that he actually got the invite and is actually going to participate after being in the league for like eight, nine years is uh, pretty impressive. So props to Uncle P. Uh, He said he found out tonight from a fan in the stands, not even from anybody, any official media or anything like that. So it'll be interesting and kind of fun to see Uncle P compete at All-Star Weekend. Can you imagine if he wins, dude? That would be insane. And it would also <laughs> that, hopefully help us trade value a little bit. Oh yeah, maybe. We'll see. Okay, so now we'll just quickly delve into the last two games, mainly D'Angelo Russell's triumphant return. Before we get started on those games, though, I have a segue joke for you that'll transition us into that. So, uh, what do you call an egg when it gets turned? I, I have no idea. Omelette! <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Was that an accurate usage of lit? I think so, dude. I, I very much think so. Speaking of I'm, I'm a lit, tonight in Washington was lit AF, as you describe it yourself. And if we could bleed the two games that D'Angelo Russell's been back together, you know, the win in Denver on a Tuesday night and tonight's game, which pretty much tonight's game encapsulated the types of losses you want the Lakers to have moving forward to end this season. Right. They competed. They were down big, but they still fought, fought their way back into the game. Almost won. Uh, D'Angelo Russell played great. I mean, he had an uneven game, but he still found ways to win. I thought a bunch of different guys contributed from Tarek Black to Larry Nance. Uh, Brandon Ingram had a subpar game, but it felt like the team was cohesive again with D'Angelo being back. Obviously, that's not a coincidence. D'Angelo being back, getting the offense humming again. He's looked so good the last two games, and he hasn't even shot well. And tonight, obviously, he had seven turnovers which he can improve upon. But just having him back has settled the team, settled the rotation so much better. And uh, so, yeah, I want to ask you, what did you think of the last two games tonight in particular? D'Angelo Russell had 17 points. He had 11 assists. That's his second straight 10-plus assist game of the season and, you know, Tuesday was when he had his career high in assists with 10, and then he broke it again tonight with 11 assists. So, you know, people who have been ragging on him for not getting these numbers, you know, kind of have to shut up the last two games. And, you know, Alan and I were worried that usually coming back from an injury usually takes D'Angelo some time to find his rhythm again. But he came out of the gates in Denver just crazily, and it's it's been really impressive to see how he's come out really aggressive and just looking sure of himself. So tonight he had 17 points, 11 assists, seven rebounds, two steals, one block. He did have seven turnovers, but I mean, I I can forgive him for that, for just yep. being aggressive. And obviously in Denver, 22 points, 10 assists, seven rebounds, two turnovers, one steal, one block. Uh, he has been amazing. So what did you think about tonight's lit game and pretty much D'Angelo Russell returning to form really quickly?
4: I'm extremely, extremely impressed. Um, not to, not that we ever get, like, completely down on D'Angelo on this podcast, but, like, to be fair to everybody listening, we have been, like, sort of negative towards him for the last few weeks, you know what I mean? It's not that we want to trade this guy right away or we think he's a bust or, you know, whatever. He's 20 years old, and I think we do a decent job of maintaining perspective. But so, Sorry, can I cut you off real quick? Yeah.
3: So you're talking about how how we've been sort of negative on him. Did you know that he blocked our Twitter account? (laughs) No, he didn't. He did, dude. Someone quoted him in a tweet, and I was like, why can't I see this tweet? And then I I click on D'Angelo's name, and it says, you have been blocked. And I was like, oh, shoot, dude. When did this happen? And I think it coincided with that podcast we did where you talked about how D'Angelo was catatonic, and you talked about your friend who knows D'Angelo lives in her friend's apartment, and we talked about him partying, and I was like, oh, man. D'Angelo must have listened to that and blocked us. So I don't know what I'm more that is surprised by. <laughs> but I I can't
4: imagine the D'Angelo Russell listened to this. But if he did, hello, and I, I think you're a great player.
3: Hey, we've been sti- <laughs> we've been sticking up for you. Please unblock us, D'Angelo. Our whole season was dedicated to fighting for you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we were we were a little bit negative towards him. Um, maybe the past couple weeks and he missed 3 games and I thought he was going to come back and we were going to go through this him being rusty and then having one good game and then getting hurt again or you know something like that mm-hmm. and I've just been blown away I mean he looks like a different guy he he's has super energetic on both ends he's super engaged He looks like he wants to be a good teammate. Um, He's involved, you know, like on the bench. He's involved in the huddles. He's involved on the court. You could see him talking to guys all the time. He's making smart plays. Like you said, seven turnovers in this game. He only had two in the last one. And the seven turnovers in this game, it's like some of them were really bad. Um, But he was being defended by John Wall, who I consider to be a relatively elite point guard defender. Yep. Um Brad Ball, uh, Brad Beal, Brad Ball, Brad <laughs> Beal is also a very good backcourt defense. Oh, he's so, so good. Yeah, so like these, there's a very, very, very difficult backcourt to go against. And just generally, the Washington Wizards, man, I have, I know they've been really hot um, since they got off to like a horrendous start, but I guess they just haven't really been following them that closely. And obviously, they're not on national TV that much, but this team plays very aggressive defense and they're very, very exciting to watch. I think on the defensive end and they're running it up and down and they're sort of playing like they really should have been playing the last few years. So I give Scott Brooks some props for that. Um, But anyway, I'll accept the seven turnovers for D'Angelo. I just think he looks very in control. He's shooting threes very well. He looks like he has good arc on his shot. Um, Even in the Denver game, he only shot two for seven, but he got tapped on like two or three of those. Um, Yeah. But yeah, he I am extremely, extremely impressed by D'Angelo. If he closes out the season playing like this, it's like it's just gonna set us up for a really good year next year, I think, as well.
3: No, I totally agree. And tonight, even though he didn't have or even though he was turning the ball over and he didn't have his shot going, I just like that he contributed in so many areas once again, evidenced by seven rebounds again. You know, just being able to set up his teammates with those whip passes throwing it ahead to guys in transition like jordan clarkson for that dunk Uh, it feels like he's just a lot more in tune with himself and regardless of whether or not he's making mistakes it's good that it seems like he can flush that down the toilet i guess and just continue to play and it's just been really good because yeah you know just coming going into all star weekend this is what how you want him to play so that he can kind of just ride this momentum out to end the season and um I guess to get to the, to more of the guys in this game I thought Jordan Clarkson had a great game a game that he desperately needed because I was wondering like I don't know what this guy does well anymore you know what I mean the Denver game he only had 6 points, 2 assists. He's, he was he hasn't been very impactful but tonight, you know, in 28 minutes he was 9 for 13, very efficient, 20 points, 2 assists, 1 assist, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, no turnovers. So I just thought he played like how we eventually want to play him or how we want him to play down the stretch. You know, just come in, play really hard, play dynamically and score, you know. And that's what he did tonight. And props to Jordan Clausen for having a game like that. Um, Larry Nance had a great game as well. Eight points, six rebounds, three steals. He was very active, had a really nice um, alley-oop dunk from Lou Williams. Um, That was lit. That, w- that was lit, yeah. Uh, you know, Washington always seems to be lit for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, it's
4: weird. It's like in Atlanta, too.
3: Yeah, you know, last year was obviously Kobe's farewell tour, but tonight, you know, there's no Kobe, but I guess they were really excited for the Lakers to come back and charge back against a very good backcourt in John Wall and Bradley Beal. But uh, how useless is Timothy Mozgov, by the way? Extremely Seven- <laughs> useless.
4: <laughs> I didn't know if that was rhetorical.
3: <laughs> Either or. 17 minutes, 17 million a year. Oh, man. I I don't even know what to say about this guy. So, you know, people might be wondering, how come Zubats only had 11 minutes? And I think that was just a product of Tarek Black playing really well. Yeah, He had anything. 13 points, 11 rebounds. He was just very active, 5 for 6 from the field. So that's probably why, at the same time, I feel like Luke could have found more minutes for Zubats. Maybe it was just a matchup thing. But obviously, in the Denver game, that was Zubats's... Uh... I mean, he's had a coming-out party the last few weeks, but... That was his real, like, offensive coming out party with 17 points, 8 for 9 from the field, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, and that was the game where he infamously said, you know, it's cold in the East Coast, but I am hot, so, (laughs) you know. Yeah, and we're going to get to Zubats uh, in a later episode in in a little bit, but uh, do you have anything else to say about these last two games, how the Lakers have looked, and anything on anybody else? Uh, not really much to add.
4: They've looked great. I thought the only thing I will say, actually, the Wizards really need Lou Williams on their team. This is like (laughs) a legitimate playoff team. Um, I don't know if I've, I know Boston has Isaiah Thomas and obviously they're coached by Brad Stevens. So, you know, they're going to be, they're not going to beat the Cavs probably, but they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I think the Washington Wizards are better than the Raptors. I think they're like the probably, in my opinion, the second or third best team in the in the East. Um, Mm -hmm. And they just need one more guy because John Wall is having an all star amazing season. Brad Beal is finally healthy and playing up to the potential that I guess everybody everybody thought he would have. He would ultimately hit. Um, He's finally getting there. Uh, Otto Porter Jr., props to that guy. When they drafted that guy, this is exactly what they envisioned. They drafted him to be a piece, not, you know, I know he was drafted like number three overall or something like that, right? He was like top three, but they didn't draft him to be Brandon Ingram or to be Kevin Durant or to be something like that. They drafted him to be a very solid three and D wing ultimately he's going to develop some post skills he's developed into a much better three point shooter than i think anybody could have expected even even probably the wizards he's a very solid defender he's long the, the perfect complement next to wall and
0: um
4: gortat solid but they really really need depth i think they're okay on the wing with Ubre. um and between Ubre, Morris, and Otto Porter Jr., they sort of like have their three and four like combo forward situation figured out. Yeah, um, they could really use our help in two areas. I don't, I, I can't remember. I know in that Lou Williams podcast we went over some hype, hypothetical trades with the Wizards, but they've got to have something that they can give us or get somebody else involved. I don't know what you're going to do, but they really, really, really could use a guy like Lou Williams. To take some of the scoring load off of Wall and Beal because John Wall had an, a fantastic game. Bradley Beal played extremely well, and the Wizards would have lost to the like the second worst to third worst <laughs> team in the NBA if Marcin Gortat didn't go off for 21 and 14. You know, and he's not going to do that every night. So the Wizards need to get a third scorer, and their bench could really, really could use some help. So if they can get a guy like Lou Williams, I think they could be extremely dangerous in the playoffs and since everybody goes small nowadays you could even like you know go two small guards Lou Williams, John Wall and Brad Beal at the 3 and Otto Porter at the 4, you know, something like that if if you're matching up against the Celtics or a team that goes small.
3: Yeah, I agree. And you know right now the Wizards are 29 and 20 in the Tankathon rankings. They're they have the number 22 pick right now, but I'm assuming if they trade for Lou Will they can expect that to rise a little bit more. So maybe their pick is more a mid-20s pick. And at that point, if they're going to get Lou Williams and they really want to make a strong push to the playoffs, they should just give us their first-round pick. I don't know if they're willing to do that, but it kind of makes sense if they want to really you know, ride this hot streak because you never know when Bradley Beal is going to go down again. You know, you got to take advantage of situations like this where you have all these guys clicking at the same time. You got, like you said, John Wall career year, Bradley Beal career year and healthy. So take advantage of it while you can. Get Lou Williams, you know, and it's not like you'll only have him for this playoff run. You'll have him for next year as well. So, I totally agree with you. We'll see if they are willing to give up anything of value, but if they also want some, you know, backcourt depth, we can give them Tarek Black, man. Right? They only have Jason exactly. Smith as their backup big, and you know, you know, part of me is also like, are we slyly trying to showcase Tarek Black by starting him with Timofey Mozgov as well? You know, just just to show people, look, this guy's active. He does what you need him to do. Very solid. We could throw him into any trade. Yeah. So, At some
4: it- level, it's like you do start to wonder, like, okay, if you're. If we are trading Lou, we are trading Tarek Black. You know, with Lou, you could just make the argument that he absolutely doesn't really fit in our future plans. Um, So, you know, if we can get a late first rounder, you do it. With Tarek Black, I almost feel like if if you if somebody was gonna give me a first rounder for Taric Black straight up, I would do it. But if it's like we have to trade Lou and uh first round pick and etc, cetera, etc cetera, or Lou and Tarek and we're getting back like a twenty pick, you know, it's maybe it's maybe it's not so worth it.
3: Yeah, for sure. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. Cool. All right. So with that said, Alan's gonna join us for our segment on Magic Johnson back to LA, and we will get to that on the turn.
4: You know, he's willing, he's coachable, he, he's going to, you know, he already he's given a ton of effort with the new coaching staff.
3: And so, you know, it's a process. But, you know, these are the type of learning lessons that Summer League is about. He, he needs to feel what that's like and feel that situation, feel an ugly game, and then come out with a win and hit a big shot. You know, that's part of his development. All right, so the big news of the night there's magic in the air, but are we feeling magical? Magic Johnson is backed with the Lakers in an advisor role to ownership on all matters business and basketball. Uh, we heard the news today. It kind of caught everybody off guard, but at the same time, Tommy, you were at that game in Denver, or not in Denver, but the Denver game two weeks ago or so, where you saw Magic and Genie right next to each other about three rows above you and uh, I guess apparently they were paving the way for this eventually and I guess our question now is what is going on here what does this mean for the Lakers moving forward does this mean Jim Buss is on the way out you know Jim and Magic have had a tumultuous relationship to say the least over the years with Magic calling him out in the media and saying this guy needs to get fired Jim sucks what is he doing we need to get back to winning championships, and showtime. (laughs) So with all that being said, and, you know, Magic now being at the forefront, what kind of situation do we have here? Do we have this... I mean, it's been a civil war kind of deal, but even more so is Genie bringing in more reinforcements to back her up. Like, now we have, you know, Jim and Mitch versus Genie and Magic. Is that how it's going to be? Is that what the dynamic looks like? Um, So, yeah, we're going to cover all those things. Alan's going to join us in a minute, but some tidbits... Magic Johnson actually tweeted out and, you know, it's always very dangerous when we get a magic tweet, but he, in his very magic way of doing said, I had a great conversation today with Mitch Kupchak and a really good phone call with Jim Buss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so there is a prototypical magic johnson tweet mike bresnahan has also reported that um magic johnson plans to have a two to three hour meeting with mitch kupchak soon dun 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 so weird. i know right and in the meeting magic plans to talk to mitch kupchak quote unquote about the strategy and where they're headed we will talk about every guy on the team dun dun <laughs> Magic told Spectrum Sportsnet Jim Bus is calling the shots. I want him to understand I'm just here to lend advice. I explained that to Mitch as well. So w- with those, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> thank, thank you for finishing that off. Yes. So with all those <laughs> quotes, I mean, obviously, right now it's still the uh, honeymoon phase per se. What do you think this means for the Lakers, Tommy? And how do you feel just initially knowing that Magic's back? Because this could easily... Obviously, the first reaction for most Lakers Twitter is like, oh, crap, Magic Johnson pretty much purred happily is going to be at the top with the Lakers. So how are you feeling? And I guess, what do you think this means?
4: I don't know what it means. It's a super weird situation. Um, I think he's not really going to do anything. I want to say, okay, my initial, my very initial reaction was this is clearly some sort of like genie bus. I, I thought this was some sort of genie bus, gym bus compromise where genie was like, look, you, you self-imposed this promise. Like I know how stubborn you are. You're not going to get done what you said you were going to get done. So we're going to bring in magic and the compromise is if you allow Magic to come in and be a consultant advisor, we won't fire you. That was my like initial reaction. And then the more I thought about it, and maybe this is me going too far down like the conspiracy rabbit hole. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this is actually Jeannie just like making a power play. And like she wants her voice to be heard in the front office. And she's like very close with Magic uh, has a much better relationship with Magic than Jim Buss does. And she's almost like in a way, I don't know, you know, we'll we'll have to wait and see, but it's like, now that it's become clear that the Lakers are not going to make the playoffs, let alone make the Western Conference Finals, it's almost like paving the way for the future. Like you said, this was your timeline, summer 2017, you self-imposed it. You had all the cap space in the world. You had mm-hmm. multiple lottery picks and we're you know we're like where we are when we started the rebuild in terms of winning like obviously we have way more assets but our cap situation is not horrible but it's not great um and we are still like a bottom feeder team so this is me easing in the new guard and that's not to say magic is going to be like an actual front office executive but just to say that like we need this face here because ultimately when I fire you, I'm going to want to bring somebody in and it might help if we have Magic Johnson there as opposed to nobody.
3: Yeah, so you're pretty much saying this is a House of Cards move by Genie Bus. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this became the inside joke of the night, but... uh. <laughs> But yeah, you know, to to your point, I do think that for Jeannie Buss, this is kind of her backup. Like, it's back... I mean, it's funny that Magic Johnson's a backup plan, but it's more of her being able to save face, right? Because Magic Johnson can come in, be, once again, the face of the Lakers, fans who are not too in the know of what's going on with the front office or the inner dealings. They will... They probably have sided with Magic for all this time anyways and have wanted Jim to leave anyways. So... Now, if that happens, Magic can kind of uh, smooth things out if and when Jeannie decides to fire Jim Buss. She'll have Magic on her side. People will just be focusing on Magic, and they'll be, she'll have to work out the kinks of, okay, who is she going to get to replace Jim? What's going to happen to Mitch? But all this time, fans will be kind of quelled because Magic Johnson is there uh, giving hope to the fans, talking about the future, how this move is going to benefit champions championships, winning, and showtime, right? So I guess do you see Magic Johnson as a I don't want to say glorified mascot because you didn't never want to disrespect the Laker legend in that way. But you know obviously his role with the Dodgers, where he knows nothing about baseball, right? And maybe Alan can talk more about this when he jumps on. But do you see it being sort of that way? Or do you think eventually, he may be saying the right things right now. But do you eventually see him kind of, uh, because it is basketball, because it is the Lakers, the team that he played for and won championships with? Do you see him slowly exerting control and more and more power over his position? I definitely think yes,
4: and that's the fear that I'm sure everybody has. And we, I mean, everybody who's reasonably concerned about the future of the franchise, Magic Johnson has done nothing to demonstrate that he has any idea, you know, what's going on. I'm not saying that, like, his Twitter account should be used as a proxy for his basketball, you know, modern NBA knowledge. Um,
3: I think, but I think just, it should.
4: Yeah, I mean, maybe it should. I don't know. I, even with notwithstanding that, I would just say that like, you know, he, he has not had a. Uh, you know, he used to be involved with us in some capacity as like vice president or something. But I think that was mostly just like a figurehead role. Um, uh, but yeah, I just I think he, it's going to start, like you said, it's going to start and it's mostly going to be as a mascot type of guy who's there and he's like i will lend my services okay like what services if we don't have a six nine point guard who's one of the best point guards of all time on our team (laughs) for (laughs) you to like for you to groom you know but it's he you know i think that's how it's going to sort of start and i think over time especially if jim doesn't get fired it's going to become like more passive aggressive like We need to make moves like starting to put pressure on the front office through the media and stuff like that, which I mean, who knows, given what we, what has happened with the front office the last few, uh, the last few years, maybe that that's what we need. So I don't know, maybe it'll ultimately, ultimately be a good thing. But yeah, that is, that's definitely the concern.
3: Yeah. And I don't necessarily think this is a bad move. Obviously we can't predict the future. We don't know if this is definitively a play by Jeannie to oust her brother But one could assume that or suspect that given their relationship with each other. But honestly, if this... Maybe it's a wait and see kind of mode for Genie where she's beginning to prep for that. You know what I mean? Where maybe she doesn't even have her mind made up yet. But she's like, all I know is changes need to happen. And I won't be able to make those changes where I sit right now by myself. So I'm going to have Magic come in. He has some sort of clout. And you see the type of effect he's had on even just... You know Luke Walton and the players today saying they're so excited to have Magic back in the fold. How they've always looked up to him. Maybe he could even mentor D'Angelo Russell in some capacity. But obviously, just from the outside and the optics of it all, having Magic back seems to have unified everybody once again. Um, so, on that end, I don't necessarily think it's even a bad thing. If if this is just a you know ploy by Genie to push some buttons and start to add some pressure to Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak, who honestly have done nothing (laughs) the last two years. They've drafted well, but in terms of free agency and trades, it's been non-existent. So obviously she's reminding them, hey, that timeline is up. You were were telling us that we were supposed to be contending, and by contending, you... I was thinking, you know, Western Conference Finals, at least winning the first two rounds, and clearly we're going to be back in the lottery. So some things have to change. So I don't necessarily think she'll fire them by this summer, but I think she's setting the stage for that potentially if nothing happens in the next few months and we don't see a drastic turnaround or we don't see more creativity from the front office. So I guess my question to you is, do you anticipate a firing is going to happen or do you think it's more of just, I'm going to push some buttons here?
4: That's again a very good question I it, it's interesting timing, right like we still have a few weeks until the trade deadline. Um, so there's an opportunity for the Lakers to make moves. so we'll see how aggressive this thing actually is. like I said we've we've had other hires when it comes to especially the Showtime era Lakers where it's just like oh so and so hired as a consultant James worthy hired to come you know, special consultant to the team. And then like, you never hear about it again for like the next two years, you know, because he came in basically to work for like five practices with the team Yeah. when Byron Scott was the coach, you know? So it's like you hear about this kind of like nonsense all the time, but it seems like this is a little bit weird. Like there's this big release and then it's not just over after that. Normally there's like this big like announcement and then it's just sort of dies away. There's this big announcement, then then magic is like talking to everybody he's ha- doing multiple interviews. He's getting involved with all, you know, he's already saying like, I'm going to go talk to Jim bus and, and uh, Mitch Kupchak and all this stuff. And it's um, it seems like this is actually a real role. So we'll see. I mean, if they're going to actually sit down and talk about every player, I just, it's, it's so bizarre. Like imagine you're the guy, right? Like you're, you are the manager. And then all of a sudden, some random dude, I mean, he's not random, they know who he is, but some guy just comes in and has all these ideas about these players that you have watched grow mm-hmm. and develop for the last two years that you drafted, that you scouted, that you compiled this team and now this guy is coming in with all these opinions about these people, and you have no idea. Has he been to all the games? Has he watched all the games? Like, is he does he have his hand on like the pulse of the NBA in front offices? Like it I can imagine, especially from Mitch's perspective, this is going to be extremely awkward. So I'm very curious to see what happens. Um, and if nothing happens before the trade deadline, maybe it's just, you know, Genie wanted to keep some accountability on the front office, but I don't know. It's 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 super weird.
3: Yeah. Speaking of which, we're going to have another our co-host, Alan Riley, come on and give us his thoughts. This is he came straight from dinner. Alan, are you on the line? Yes, sir. Okay. he's reporting live from where you're reporting from.
1: Oh, I'm just home. Sorry. It's not as exciting oh. as the barbecue restaurant I was at. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. ESPN underscore Alan Riley. We were just talking about what this Magic Johnson front office move means. Tommy just got done talking about how we don't know if he's going to start making some personnel decisions. But I guess before we get into anything deeper, what were your initial reactions of this news?
1: Uh, initially, I envisioned something like a team genie which would consist of genie and magic versus team jim jim and mitch um yeah that was my first thought and then i kind of thought about it a little more when i was working out this morning and uh i don't know i feel like i don't know what magic and mitch's relationship is but i would tend to think if mitch had to pick a side between magic and jim it it would probably be magic so this just could end up isolating jim and uh, I mean, I don't want to read too much into things, but I just feel like from the few times, it's probably less than five, that I've seen Mitch Cupcheck and Jim Bus interact with one another in the same room, it just seems so awkward. Yeah. And it could be that Jim is just an awkward guy, or Mitch isn't very outgoing, or whatever. But it's like every time they just shake hands, I, I sense like excitement and enthusiasm from Jim in kind of a strange way. And then Mitch is like reluctant to even make eye contact with him. Right. So it could just be that Mitch has been forced to work with the guy because that's the way Doctor Bus set it up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've kind of run around and you know 360 degrees since this thing happened.
3: Yeah, you know, I guess you made brought up a good point that you know maybe this doesn't necessarily mean that if Jim goes, Mitch goes as well, and that could be an interesting ploy where they might be isolating him because, you know, Mitch would probably side with with Magic and Genie in this scenario, especially if he knows that means his job gets kept, you know? So it is a very interesting dynamic. How I guess how do you see his role moving forward? Do you and I, I wanted to ask you, given that you know so much about the Dodgers, do you think it's kind of sort of the same thing? Or obviously because it's basketball and because he's played for the Lakers, it's gonna be more than what he's doing with the Dodgers, but I guess, how do you see his role playing out moving forward?
1: Right. I, I mean, we can all see the job description. It's extremely vague. It pretty much encompasses everything yeah. <laughs> as far as what goes into an organization. Um, I don't know if you guys heard his interview that he did on Spectrum Sportsnet, but, or even read about it on ESPN. Yeah, we saw stuff, but go ahead. Yeah, he was like, if Luke wants me to go as far as to be super hands-on, I'll do it. If Luke says get away from my team, then that's fine. I'll do that too. However they want to utilize me is great. So I, I mean, I thought that was great to hear. Um, and as far as the basketball and personnel side of things, I, I think if he sees something that he vehemently disagrees with, you know, he's obviously going to speak up and his voice does carry clout. Now, do they have to listen? Do they have to actually adhere to his advice? Uh, organizationally and structurally, no, they don't have to. Um, but I, I do think he's definitely going to be a, an influential individual within the organization. Yeah. Um, you would think Mitch has, and I know we've discussed Mitch a lot recently, but Mitch isn't going to be intimidated by Magic's point of view. If they have opposing ideas, I don't see Mitch conceding to Magic. I feel like he would do whatever it is that he's always done and he'd stick to his own principles as far as Jim is concerned. uh, Yeah. I don't know how much he could argue with the guy. So I I do think it's going to be more hands on, but I, I think I'm a little more. And I, again, I don't know what you and Tommy talked about before I came on here, but I think I'm a little more optimistic than you guys were at least this morning um because i'm a huge dodger fan and again that's baseball it's a different story but magic is all about culture and i don't think anybody could argue that he can promote a very strong and positive culture and i feel like at the very least that's what he can help bring to the lakers is um a sense of togetherness and uniting around a goal sure
3: Yeah, no, I mean, Tommy and I just talked about that. I think those are the positives he brings right off the bat. You can see the excitement from the players, even Luke Walton, and it seemed to bring... Bringing LA fans together again, the problem that me and Tommy discussed is that what happens when he begins to assert his power and gets on a power trip because it is basketball, because it Mm -hmm. is his team, because he did win championships and because he has had fiery takes on certain players, you know, the past Showtime, all that stuff. Like what happens when he begins to assert himself and given his track record of just assessing personnel, it hasn't been great. W- right. obviously he's never been in this position. Does this mean he does more homework? You know, obviously we hope so. That's That would be the natural <laughs> thought. But I guess, Tommy, I guess how confident are you if and when he decides to do this? How confident are you, are you in his baske- basketball acumen and his ability to make decisions on players, really? And what happens if they do fire both Jim and Mitch? Are we confident in just Magic and Genie deciding who our next GM will be? I'm comfortable
4: with them deciding who our next GM will be for sure. That, I guess, again, the concern for me is like, do they fire Mitch and Jim? And then Jeannie's like, well, Magic, thank you. You were like my voice in the front office. And like, we got a good idea of how things were working in there. And so as your reward, why don't you take a shot? Oh. You know what I mean? Or that would be
1: really horrendous. <laughs> that I would um, not like.
4: <laughs> yeah, because I like, again, he There's nothing suggests that he's capable of doing it. But who knows? Again, this is I think I have been a Jim supporter and Jeannie Basher, I think, for most of the past few seasons up until like probably this year. Um, And now I'm sort of in the camp of I actually think Jeannie is probably like a relatively reasonable person. And she just wants somebody in there who knows what they're doing. And Jim's whole thing is like, this is my dad's team and he built this team. And so it's mine. You know what I mean, and 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 he hasn't. If anybody made these two signings that he made last year, we've talked about this multiple times, they would have been fired. Yes, you know what I mean. Like to sign Timothy Mozgov or Luol Dang each independently. If you sign one of those guys, fine. Okay, nobody will come after you, and nobody will be like, "What the hell? What the heck are you doing?" Because like the Lakers need veteran leadership. They needed to sign someone. They needed a. a figurehead there, you know, arguably you could say like, okay, fine sign Luol Deng because we needed a wing. We needed wing depth really bad. Worst case scenario, he could play some stretch four if we use Randall at the five, like use some common sense, I guess is what I'm getting at. You know, I'm not going to go down the whole rabbit hole of bad decision making, but if they did that fine, but they have to double down and make two horrible <laughs> overpays. And here we are. And most GMs or, you know, front office executives who did something like that and, Res- it resulted in this sort of outcome would have been fired.
3: Sure. You totally f- we've actually totally forgotten to bring up the LaMarcus Aldridge free agency meeting debacle where all we showed LaMarcus was Hollywood, Hollywood glitz and glamour. And LaMarcus is like, what about the basketball? We're like, what basketball? <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was part of the, you know, Jim and Mitch Regime, And, I mean, honestly, though, I feel like Magic would have done the same to pitch to free agents. But, uh, you know, your point is well taken about, you know, some change needs to happen. And I'm optimistic in giving Magic a chance, his tweets and uh, his perd Happily tweets notwithstanding. <laughs> <laughs> but... But, yeah, I think, obviously, we hope that moving forward he has as much self-awareness as he's showing right now in terms of saying, like, hey, I'm going to do whatever they need me to do. If that means do as little as possible or take a more hands-on role, I'm going to help out wherever I need to help out in. And we hope that stays the course, whether that, you know, that that remains to be seen. Um,
0: And now, insurance-minded
3: speeches from Geico.
0: It's a common expression. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the Geico app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the Geico app. Look it in the mouth. Get amazing services. Thank you.
3: One of our Twitter followers, his name is Charles Koo, at Cha Koo Jr. He writes, Magic's first move trade Mozgov and Dang for Candice Parker, the real CP3.
1: <laughs> and I
3: actually think that would be a very smart move if that means we don't have Mozgov and Dang on our cap space and Candice Parker's on the team. So, you know, if that's Magic's first move, I am all on board for that. So, yeah, I think right now it's just a wait-and-see kind of mode. I think for the fans bemoaning the Lakers going back into the, you know, old pile of Showtime and doing this thing again, I guess some part part of me is like, oh, yeah, you know, this seems like such a Laker thing to do, right? I guess, Alan, what would you say to fans who are like, man, we've been doing this, we've been going on this merry-go-round, like going back to, you know, our our podcast is called Lakers Legacy, but it's kind of getting wearing thin, you know? Like what happened to the fresh voices, you know, newness, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Well, again, if we're saying that he's going to become the general manager, then I agree with that wholeheartedly, but we're probably not. Right. Uh, If we're asking him to help consult... As to who should be a general manager, who else should we add to this basketball front office team? I, I don't think people should be as pessimistic about that notion.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, again, if I were to relate this to baseball, which is not his forte, you know, he is surrounded by these st- like statistic nerds, these analytic type baseball people who are really young. And I don't know how much influence he had on that or how much was, if you're a Dodger fan out there, you'll know these names, like how much did Stan Kasten have to do with that or you know, some of the other baseball guys, but I'm thinking Magic is smart enough (laughs) to see what the Warriors have done and what the Toronto Raptors have done and whichever teams you want to look at that have been successful with their young general managers and... I just think magic would tend to side on, you know, that way of going about things. I don't think magic is going to say, okay, let's bring back Ronnie Lester, you know, yeah. because he was a really good scout for us back when I was a player. And, and then let's yeah. also make, um, I don't know, some other guy, let's make Michael Cooper, some person as well. I, I, I don't see that happening.
4: I actually think that's a really good point that maybe I didn't take into consideration enough. Um, it was something I definitely did not take into consideration, actually, you could say. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was my poor attempt to make a D'Angelo Russell
3: reference.
1: <laughs> you sounded just like him. That was a really good impression. Yo, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll
3: yeah. definitely take that into consideration.
1: Definitely take that into consideration.
3: If anybody
4: remembers what that means at this point, I give you, I give you major props. But anyway, yeah,
1: that's but, something hey, I didn't Hey, review. D'Angelo, we really want you to be good for this team, okay? We want you to be great. I'm going to definitely take that into consideration. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're just supposed to say, okay, thanks.
3: Hey, yo, yes, by the sure. way, you like my teeth? They're looking nice and white and <laughs> spotly.
4: D'Angelo's <Yeah. laughs> veneers are so are distracting me from any Magic Johnson uh, discussion here. But anyway. Wait, please
3: unblock us. <laughs> yeah, please,
4: please unblock oh,
1: yeah. us. Hi, DeAngelo. Um, we love you. Yeah.
4: No, no, no. That's one thing that maybe I didn't factor in enough was... Now Magic has been exposed to this, like, new era, like, let's get some young, fresh minds in here who have a different way of looking at things, and and let's see what they can do in, like, empowering people in positions of, of uh, management to make those types of moves. He's seen that work firsthand. And, you know, Jeannie Buss is in, in L.A., the Lakers and Dodgers historically are linked, Maybe she is like, you know, maybe again, I'm not giving her enough credit. Maybe she has noticed that. And maybe she's like, you brought in this young hotshot guy from the, well, he was like with the Rays right before this. Yeah.
1: Tampa Bay. And then another guy from Oakland.
4: Yeah. And these guys are like at the forefront of all this, you know, the new, the baseball analytics movement. Um, And they, and he, and those guys were identified and brought in to run the Dodgers. So maybe that genie was like, you know, maybe we need a guy who has been there. And, you know, the Dodgers in a lot of ways before Magic Johnson and the the new ownership group bought the team, they were operating kind of how the Lakers are operating now. They were overpaying old veterans who were like famous names. And they were either not making the playoffs or barely making the playoffs as like the most expensive team in baseball.
3: Right. No, I I agree. If this means that, Jeannie wants to take an aggressive approach and this is the only way she knows how in terms of trying to get rid of her brother and if that means getting... Maybe Magic is the way to fresh new voices as contradictory as that seems, right? But if that's what happens, then I'm all for it. You know what I mean? Right now, he is the going to just be the face of the Lakers front office just so we have a face. And before Magic came in... We didn't have an identity, right? It was Genie versus Jim, Jim versus Genie. Who's really running the show? What's going on? But at least now, even if they're still squabbling and fighting, you have Magic as the masthead, right? He's like up there, and people can just look at him as this <laughs> messiah figure or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, if if I, I'm willing to, you know, this is an innocent till proven guilty kind of deal. Even though a lot of people have a stigma because of Magic's. Uh, stupid tweets before and just like you know him backing you know his always seeming to back byron scott and whatnot but what do you expect when these are his showtime buddies you know yeah like, like he
1: has to he, what else yeah he'd never
3: ripped these guys you know so honestly if this paves the way to newness and freshness and fresh new takes younger voices i am all for it and hopefully they're seeing what's happening around the league you know with luke walton brad stevens um, g- general, man- new general managers like Neil OlShea and stuff like that and just people who are coming up, hopefully that's the direction we're going to be going in so uh, does anybody have any last thoughts on Magic? I mean
1: if we were to, let's say Jim Buss is no longer president of Basketball Ops and he just becomes an owner and then clearly you're going to want to replace somebody, right, as president of Basketball Ops do you want Jeannie to be the only person in charge of that along with, like, Mitch, or would you mind throwing Magic Johnson in the room and saying, let me reach out to people and let me sell this job? Mm-hmm. You know, I, if that's the case, then yeah, I, I would want Magic there to help bring in that new person.
3: Sure. No, I agree. And if that means Ryan West gets promoted to head GM or we get Sam Hinkie, then I'm on board. All right. Yeah. With that said, thank you, guys. Sam yeah.
4: Hanky, man. What, that would be just like... My, I think my brain would explode if we ended up
3: with Sam Hanky after all this. Yo, that would be true House of Cards right there, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We're, it's going to be uh, Showtime's back, question mark? I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, so with that said, thank you guys for listening. We will catch you guys next time. And by then, I, I'm guessing we'll hear... Two or three press conferences with Magic Johnson where he throws out the words championships, winning, and what was the third word? Championships, winning, and showtime. Glor- there you go.
1: <laughs> oh, showtime. I think glory is another one you're going to hear.
3: Okay, what what else? Uh,
1: Past glory.
3: <laughs> leg- legacy. <laughs> uh, legacy. Dynasty. Um, fun.
1: right Rightful place. I think you'll hear that phrase a lot.
3: Yeah, for sure. Banners um yeah at this point let's just end the show <laughs> all right
1: hmm, what else <laughs>
3: all right thank you guys for listening once again follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod like i said at the beginning of the show please rate interview us on itunes because the more you rate and review us that's how many less times magic will be using the phrase championships winning and showtime also stop give don't give us one star like that one person did and call us lame asians and say we are using lit wrong so get out of here all right with that said i'll catch you guys later alan tommy later later hey tommy can you remind us again what the game was like tonight it was lit
0: Together, we can make your blonde blonde. Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda. Lightens and brightens hair two full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Hair Talks. Make your statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda.